You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Remy Sade. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Hi Remy, welcome. Hello. Hi. How oh, are you today? Shout it, scream it, say hi. <laughs> hi. Um, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, real good. Well, as good as lockdown life can be. Just trying to make yeah. the most of it, trying to cruise on right. by. Exactly. Right. You know, not much has changed in my life. I've been working from home for about four, like three and a half, nearly four years now. Oh, right. So you've done this. Um, you know what, like, cabin fever been... feels like. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Um, and I've obviously been that. Like, I parent and I work and I yeah. used to do that. I recently moved house, but up until August, I was doing all of that in like a one bedroom flat in Brixton. So like, yeah. to be honest with you, dare I say it, I'm just glad to be doing a second lockdown in a different environment. Like that was, that <laughs> yeah. was my one thing. I was like, I cannot do, cause we did 17 weeks of like not seeing anybody. The only person Whoa. I spoke to was like a three year old for 17 weeks. Wow. I was like losing my mind. No garden, by the way. <laughs> like yeah, it was no like, garden. it was peak <laughs> times. It was, yeah, oh it was a lot. It was, yeah, proper intense. And by the time we came out of it, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing another lockdown in No, London. I think, I, I think first lockdown was so tough on everybody and then yeah, it was rough now we're kind of like okay we so know it's going to be it. bad we're this yeah we're okay with normal. this yeah exactly and also I think we've seen so many mad things happen during this time yeah that have, like put into perspective I guess the value yeah. of like life and the quality of life and all those kind of things as well so yeah yeah I'm, I'm all right I'm all right <laughs> you're doing okay Good. well would you mind telling our curious fuckers just a little bit about yourself um <laughs> I am a writer sometimes podcaster I'm an activist and I'm an archivist of people so like an amateur Ooh. archivist like I don't actually work in an archive or anything like that but I <laughs> I just collect people's stories and yeah. facilitate them being able to tell them in their own words I think that's really mm. powerful and important mm, um, yeah. and I write because I can't help it basically <laughs> I don't know what else I would do um, and the activism I mean the world's a horrible place so why not try and make it better yeah. Right, right. And you right. have an amazing yeah. podcast yourself about motherhood. Yeah, so I had um I had a podcast called All Right for a Mum that I don't have anymore. We used to do that, it was pretty cool. And then the MMD podcast, which has been on hiatus for a while because my laptop broke, you know. Yeah. So like <laughs> lockdown happened and, and my yeah. activism really like took doubled. The, yeah, it became the well, I wasn't an activist before. Yeah. I was just somebody <laughs> yeah. who spoke about things and then I started speaking about things and then people started calling me an educator and I was like, I'm not an educator at all. Those women and people, but mainly black women, because those are the educators I engage with the most, are like hella mm. qualified. And I feel like it would be rude of me to call myself an educator. 
Um, hey now, I, well, I think I think we used to think the same, but that's gaslighting ourselves. Like we need to yeah. own what we do. And yeah, like, somebody you know, else has said that to yeah, me. Just definitely. just because we don't have a PhD or degree or something in what we yeah. talk about doesn't mean we don't educate and inform. Yeah, one of the main reasons that we want to get you on the podcast is because you you you're so open about everything, and yeah. you're also a mother at the same time. And mm. quite a lot of the time, you don't hear parents and mothers talking so openly especially about sex yeah because um, <laughs> it's really hard to juggle the two lives mm-hmm. a lot of bad yeah. stigma around like well mothers can't be sexy oh no it's i came out up. after i became a single parent so that yeah. does not apply around here yeah like, <laughs> yeah that was that was like a it was a thing that i didn't realize was a thing until it happened and then i was mm-hmm. like oh okay um and i've been asked to talk about sex and relationships quite a bit Um, And it's a topic that I take really seriously. I've actually been doing like a... So I don't talk much about my personal life online. That is going to change next year, though. I'm going to... Amazing. Well, I don't know if it's going to change that much. But I'm going to talk to other people (laughs) about their love lives a whole damn lot next year. Um, (laughs) And um, for the past year, I've been on like some secret mission to like find oneself. um, And through my love life. Because I just think sometimes, especially as women, we... We base even the choices that we make that are like for our own liberation. The center of that is comes from like some heteronormative idea of relationships. And we're like, I'm not going to do that thing, but I'm going to start with that thing as my point of deviation. And I just wanted to see what happened if I completely threw caution to the wind. I became single last year at the end of December. I decided I just needed to be single Mm -hmm. um, because for the last decade, I haven't spent an entire 12 months by myself. Wow. And... The person I was with at the time, I was just saying to them, I feel like I'm setting you up for failure because in essence, I'm asking you to love me in a way I've never loved myself. Like I've never spent 12 months with me, but I'm asking you to do that. And, you know, it it was an interesting one because the conversation was about marriage and I'm a bit of a commitment phobe. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, if, if the idea of marriage, part of it comes from not wanting to be alone. You're asking me to be with you in a way you've never been with yourself. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, it's easy to find flaws in other people and not to reflect on self. And when I did that, I was like, forget about what other people are doing. You have been somebody's girlfriend since you were 15, since you were a child. You don't know adulthood alone. So I decided that I wanted to be so alone with myself and lonely with myself that I just understood like the complexities of who I am, but also so that like, I don't know, like I could stand by who I am as well and like my flaws, but also like the cool parts of myself. And I remember having a conversation with my friend and I said, you know, like, I can't wait to be a much older than I am now. But I said, I know like that woman's going to be so kick-ass and I want to meet her alone. Like I don't want to share her with anybody. I just want to take a minute and absorb who she is before I send her into somebody else's heart. Like, that's just where I'm at. Yeah, and that's amazing. Also, yeah, and also I feel like I'm a Monday to Friday or Monday to Wednesday sometimes type of girlfriend. Like, <laughs> I am the best girlfriend in the world. I've got 10 years of experience. You will never find a better girlfriend than me. Monday to Wednesday. By Saturday, <laughs> I'm a selfish bitch. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to me. Like, I have my kid to focus on. I have my mm-hmm. career to focus on. If I can't perform 100% in a relationship with myself because I just want to lay in bed. Mm, yeah. Then any other spare energy I have goes to my kid. Once she's mm. asleep, I don't have time for nobody. It's not personal to you. It's personal yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk about that. And so that's something that I've been exploring. And I'm like Polly at the moment. Ooh. And that's also been interesting because 
obviously. Like, being <laughs> queer and a single parent is already like, we don't have many of you. Yeah. <laughs> you, but like, being poly. Poly element. <laughs> yeah. Poly in a pandemic as well. Like, while I'm trying to, like, stay single, being, I decided to be poly at the same time that I decided to stay single. So, <sighs> yeah. yeah, it's been, my love life is very interesting. Um, but it includes me. Well, let's get into the juicy details then. Sure. Fuck number one. The last fuck. I can't tell you when it happened. Uh-huh. I can't tell you when it happened. That's, that's but all I right. I can tell you. Um, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was with a girl. I said, I don't have sex with men. I am bisexual, but I don't mm-hmm. have sex with men and haven't done for a very long time. That mm-hmm. might change, but my relationships with women are physical and everything else. Whereas with men, yeah. there's, there's like boxes and boundaries. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a nice girl. The juicy booty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, mm. that's interesting though, because I feel like... Actually, this is a massive generalization of bisexual women, but you I don't know if we've spoken to a bisexual women on the podcast before that actually favors sex with women instead of men because really? I feel like maybe it's the media that sort of portrays bisexual women as kind of relationships with men but like sexual experiences with women mm-hmm. and we don't hear from the other side. Yeah, it's yeah, really refreshing opposite. to hear that. Like, yeah. Super opposite. I, um, I was talking to a girl the other day, actually, um, and she was just asking me, like, you know you know when you first start talking to somebody, especially now, and it's, yeah. like, consuming and you're low-key obsessed with each other and, like, yeah. everything they say is funny. Every meme, every <laughs> emoji, and you don't want to start planning your hypothetical life together because that would seem weird, but at the same time, you, like, edgy your questions. Like, so yeah. hypothetically speaking, when we have the six kids and the dog, like, so we have one of them conversations. And um, she was basically, we were we were both talking about I guess, our dating styles previously and, and how that would affect a future with anybody, really. And I said, I the last man that I seriously was interested in or even communicating with, I said to him, the day we met, actually, I will never be monogamous with a man, but with a woman, I'm open to the conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Men are trash. Like, I'm not... Sorry. But like, Low-key. Low <laughs> like, no, that's like, bad. That, that's And the good ones? We can't say that. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's mm. it's still technically sexism, but like, and I also think that women are trash sometimes. This is true. Yeah. So this this is very true. <laughs> All my friends call me a fuckboy. It's like it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh. No, it's, oh my gosh, my friends are the worst for it. But my friends call me fuckboys because most of my friends, even the ones who are queer, most of them are monogamous, and so I think yeah. it's the conversation of polyamory. Or uh, which frustrates or me whatever. because being poly and open with it they're just like but the, a the boy, definition like... of a fuckboy we think is like someone who sleeps around it isn't a fuckboy is someone who's dishonest and leads yeah. you on whether they know it or not and and you know drops you at the at the hat but it sounds like you communicate very well like you're saying you know you are a a monday to wednesday girlfriend like that's all people want to hear you cannot be a fuckboy or a fuck girl yeah. if you're if you're if you're communicating if your communication and you're that honest about what you want and how you are. Yeah, and I think, you know... But it's fucking funny. We can still talk about it. <laughs> I think as well, like, it's, it's one of them things where it's like, I, I'm a fuckboy on whose standards. Also, I'm yes. a very big... 
like so when I decided to do this whole year of being single this journey yeah it was so introspective and then I started reading this book called All About Love by Bell Hooks which everybody needs to read I feel like I'm running a book club at the moment I've got like 20 <laughs> people reading it and they're like so when I got to chapter four this is what I was and I'm like yes and when you go back to chapter three like like we talk about it and it is I feel like I'm a student of love and romance at the moment this past year has been really interesting and it's sad because mm. it's coming to an end and I've just spent the year being like I'm not going to be in a relationship because I'm being single for a year. Well, the year is ending next month. And I yeah. didn't think about Woo! the connections that I was going to make over this year, the Ooh. people that I was going to meet. So do you feel like 2021? peak. Rel- well, relationship year next year? <laughs> I'm... I'm a sucker for a situation shit. And this is why I'm going to I, you know, like, and admitting these things, like, imagine if you met somebody, you, you really like them and they're like, you know, I like you so much. And I think Monday to Wednesday, you should be my girlfriend. And we could just catch feelings, but not be in a relationship because I'm like talking to other people. Like, this is, I get why they feel that way. And I'm just Yeah, like, I'm like, know. I am feeling the fuck boy vibe. <laughs> but I'm not, but, but I'm not trying to be, I'm being honest. Like, I, yeah. I don't, want to just have meaningless sex and assume yeah. that you don't care about me afterward I like to know that you thought about me and you are going to send me cute shit and we can entertain the idea of certain things I think that for me something I've learned is that love for me has always been a restrictive process mm-hmm. and in all about love she has a chapter called honesty and I was talking to somebody who asked me what is your definition definition of true love and I said to me it is the truth like I know it sounds messed up, but there's a certain form of satisfaction I know that I get from hearing the truth, no matter how dark it might be when it comes to love and uh, relationships. Yeah. So there is no situation. And I, when I first said that, I didn't know how much I meant it, but I've now experienced yeah. situations that have made me really understand the yeah. issue for me. I, I think I wrote it down somewhere. And I think it's um, for me, silence is harder to hear than the truth. So, you know, all of like the cold shoulder, I'm not going to talk to you or I'm going through it and I don't want to communicate. Them things just fuck with my head. I ain't got time for that. Just tell me what it is. Mm. And it's almost like, and I, I don't mean to like be so like deep and political, but like I'm a black woman. The horrors of the world are not far from my doorstep. Mm. You can't scare me. Like you fucking another girl, trust (laughs) me. No disrespect. It's not going to like break my heart or any of those things. Mm -hmm. But my own mind... And like me, just like being left with my imagination. I'm a writer. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing. Like we're in <laughs> chapter six, and like you buried somebody, and that's why you ain't called me because you don't need to be complicit. To oh that my god, thing. just the over, the overthinking. Fuck number two, the best fuck. No one can see my face right now, thank goodness. Yeah, I'm cringing hard. <laughs> right. Um, it's it's always a girl. She's always got thick thighs and a juicy booty. That's just like my staple happy place. Um <laughs> it is. Um and so yeah, and, and then also I like to I like to introduce people to new things in sex. Um Ooh, like yeah. what? So it's my kink is um chat, like I am what they call I think it's called an erotophile or something. Um, oh. And huh. it's people who like like talking and conversation. Oh, um, you must be so... a pro sexter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. I, but also like that's 
this is the one part of my writing that I've never shared publicly, but mm-hmm. like in personal oh. life, it's something that I do all the time. Mm. Um, I take orders. So like I will say to my friends, like, mm. tell me what you like and tell me how you like it. And I will create a whole written piece. And like, I, I offer it as a service. Like my friends will be like, right, it's our anniversary on this day. This is his favorite color. These are the things that he likes. Oh, shit. This is what I like. This is the tempo that I like. So I have like a, like, Tell me like what certain things you like or whatever. And then I'll create something. Yeah. But also, obviously, for people that I talk to, the same goes. Um, so yeah, my my se- and then sometimes I record it as well. So it's like it's <gasps> a multi-sensory experience. It's like that ASMR. Wow. So good. Um, yeah, so that is that is something that I really enjoy. If I if I really like somebody, like I'll be like crackling. You go in instead of making it <laughs> instead of making a mixtape, you make them some porn audio, like <laughs> Yeah, well also because I think sexting is cool, but I also think sexting is an art form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not an artist like that. Like words are my craft. Mm-hmm. Visuals yeah. are not my craft. I don't even really like having an Instagram, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I I stick to what I know and I do it well. And I, I find beauty in words and I find beauty in people and bodies. Mm. And so describing those things. And, yeah. and I think also teaching somebody else how to find beauty in something that you are so engaged with is such a bonding and intimate process in itself that it just promotes like all the warm and gooey feelings and it's like oh my gosh what do you do you have like any top tips for sexting I feel like you must be the person to ask um yes and no so my number one thing I'm really cringeworthy anybody who's ever dated me will tell you like oh she's really sweet but also really like (laughs) this girl's got no game like my game is the fact that I don't have game that's like the main part of it so for example I think the other day I got like a good morning message and I replied and I was like, oh, morning to you too. And then I was like, I was just about to like say some like really cute, sexy stuff, but actually like I've got morning breath and I don't look buff, but you know, the intention was there and it gets like the lulls in a weird way because he's just like, what yeah. are you talking about? But also like <laughs> being that, honest. that level of like honesty where it's not, I don't know, I find honesty sexy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah, me too. Because I've spent so long being single and learning myself now, I just think the most attractive part of me is the fact that I'm weird and I know it and that like, I don't care. Yeah. And so, but also like, you're, ne- you're like, I know that nobody's going to send you the things that I'm going to send you in a message. Like I've finessed this craft. <laughs> so I'm also confident in what I can do and what I yeah. can't do. I don't concern myself with also being poly. Mm. I'm just like, that's cool. Go get that elsewhere. Like you deserve that and, and mm. you should have it. Um, I think the, complexity comes when the people that you're talking to aren't necessarily poly or like they're open mm-hmm. and yeah. they, they're open or single and just dating and don't understand that you're single and poly I think there is a clear distinction mm-hmm. yeah um, do you feel like you have to stick in the poly community when you are poly yourself or do I, you I, feel I, like I I've never met somebody from the poly community ever like really? I, I have no yeah well you have to remember obviously I'm a parent so mm-hmm. like my whole yeah love dating romance relationship sex all of those things the logistics of it's so different that like there isn't a community yeah. that I go into in that way um yeah. especially like I've I've been practicing being poly since the end of last year but 
the whole world shut down in March, didn't it? Yeah. So worst <laughs> year to decide things. to do that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Do you know what? Though? I don't think it is. I think I've, I've really enjoyed. I call it lotioning on the phone, like you know, and like you're just like chatting and like you're just like cute. it's all cute. It's all very cute. It's like send me your favorite Smooth song. Talker. Yeah. Like and it, but also you know and then. If it doesn't work out and you don't enjoy each other's company, it's cool. And if you do, then it's like, well, we've got to exercise some patience. So if the substance here is purely sexual chemistry, then I'll I'll see you when lockdown's over. If not, then I guess I'll talk to you tomorrow. So I think also it helps me. I'm I'm somebody who can sometimes be quite fast in movement and not stop and take Mm. a minute and think. Um, so I think this has been good in the sense that I have had to do that. I don't have a choice. Um, but also there's a lot you can do and a lot of conversations you can have that don't involve being in the same space as somebody. I've also done long distance before Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Tough, right? Um, and that was, yeah, it was tough. It was, it was tough. I've kind of done it twice. Um, and that was part of how I got into, um, I knew chat was my kink anyway, but... I didn't know that I could yeah. like create erotic content for somebody else's pleasure. Until I love that. Then. I don't think we've yeah. ever spoken about that on the podcast either. Like that being a kink, like actually mm. that being the thing. It's a, it's that a gets weird. It's a off. weird one. I, well, the reason why is because it's specifically knowing what someone's thinking. I always say to people, like, yeah, you know that thing that you think that is the actual crux of like you're not and you usually (laughs) don't say that to somebody yeah Yeah. that you know you go to that place in your head that's a little bit wild and a little bit freaky and yeah just when you're trying to that's what I want to know that's what I want to hear yeah right that's what I want to hear that's what I want to know the bit that you wouldn't say because actually this could go from super sexy to shameful yeah like share your shame with me because it don't live here anyway fuck number three the fantasy fuck. Okay, this is a bit weird. Imagine like can be as weird basically, as possible. <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy. Basically, like a huge house with uh-huh. like people in different rooms, and then almost like a roulette. Like you walk through the house, you pick a room. Everybody specialises in something. Oh like, yeah. Obviously, safe sex, you know, that too. But, like, I think that would be fun. Um, Yeah, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Especially if you know that, like, everybody can do what they do well. And then, or maybe, like, and then when you walk into the room, like, it's a multi-sensory experience. Like, (gasps) a voiceover starts playing. Like, so you can't see. Yeah. Once you go into the room, like, you go in blind. No, this is actually levels. No, come to think of it. I'm developing (laughs) the idea. And, like, basically, you are in this house and, like, there's just doors with numbers. As soon as you walk into the room, you have to put on a blindfold. You go behind a curtain and then audio starts playing, telling you about what you're about to experience. Mm, Yeah. And, like, yeah, so it's just like a roulette. Oh, my gosh. That would be so epic especially if there's somebody who specializes in food because then you can take a snack break oh yeah like just like into room four for a little food break (laughs) yeah like and they're gonna feed you strawberries and stuff because like not everybody has to do like a big sex yeah i think intimacy in sex as well is something that i really like i really like Mm. the subtle parts Mm. of it and i feel like sensory play like you can really get that like those intimate moments as well and i feel like what you're describing is like the ultimate 
like sensory situation yeah, yeah well, i mean what definitely. about like vr like wearing like full body sensory suits with <gasps> vr and hearing that i'm i'm into voyeurism in the sense that like some sometimes i watch porn like it's a movie like i'll just yeah i'll just view it for viewing yeah. purposes Get and that like popcorn, i yeah. like yeah and like i like how it makes me feel and i just don't do anything um an ex of mine introduced me to like female-led porn i think it's called. yes i don't yeah. know what the right terminology mm. is but that definitely changed even like i guess how much like i enjoyed watching it as well yeah yeah um so yeah that was cool but the VR part of it, I don't know. I don't know. I like it to be an immersive experience. It needs to be real experience. life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think most Smells of us prefer tastes. real life for sure. <laughs> but sometimes, see, see now. Oh. Mm, oh. It depends. So when I was, I'll tell you this. So when I basically, I started dating girls, had a relationship, became single, and then was loosely casually dating. And I slept with some boys and... Um, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't come unless I thought of a girl. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was something that surprised me. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody had kind of been like, oh, maybe, maybe it's just a phase and you've just met a girl. Or maybe something happened and you're just going through something. Or yeah, whatever like, it was. It's so, got to be trauma, surely. <laughs> right. Right. Because, obviously, I'd, I'd not... I'd not even looked at women or mentioned an attraction to women before because mm-hmm. I didn't have one. I'm not going to lie and say when I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't know I didn't have no attractions, but I was always like yeah. the girl that everybody called a tomboy. So maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it just wasn't on my radar. So then I went back to dating boys just to also check for myself. And I was just like, this whole experience is so basic. Like every part of it, <laughs> I'm just like, what? No. And specifically the sexual side of things, I was just like, surely at least this will be worth it. And it just wasn't. And I think mm. now if I dated a man and had sex with a man again, it would probably be better because I'm able to communicate like my wants and my needs and all those kind of things. But yeah. also maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You're like, maybe I'm just I into women. Know. Well, this is the thing. I don't think I'm a lesbian. Like, I'm attracted to men. I find them, like, very attractive. I have, like... We have cool conversations, but I do feel like I eat men for breakfast. Like, I have a completely (laughs) different dynamic with them than I do with women. Yeah, Yeah, Um, the dynamic can be different. So different. So different. And you feel bad for saying that as well. You're like, oh, but with women, like, you know, I like to be dominant and I or I like like it to be, like, softer. But with men, it's very, like, raw and animalistic. And everyone has their own sort of, especially if you're pan or bi or not just straight, then I think that you, you build up this idea of how you're supposed to be with each gender and it doesn't yeah. have to be like that because like sexuality yeah. is a scale so and it yeah. also the scale might fucking fluctuate throughout your life and anyway, i think as well it's you like meet. sexuality a lot of that is also to do with like your psychology and i'm sure yes. somewhere my therapist would say i have some trauma and that's why i dominate in men to me is just entertaining yeah. whereas like with women i'm like oh like she's just so sweet like yeah. you know yeah <laughs> fuck number four The what the fuck? This is way back, pre-parenting. There was this one guy that I was seeing and um, he lived at home, nothing wrong with that. He was around the age I am now, so 27. I was like late teens. Mm -hmm. And he used to like always talk about like how much of an adult he was or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, it wasn't really a thing that bothered me, but... 
He had a single bed. I was a bigger girl than I am now, yeah. A single bed? He had a single bed, right? <laughs> so one day we're sleeping together and like we're literally having sex. He's talking to me and saying whatever he's saying. Then he has a pet lizard that I forgot about. The pet lizard pops his head up and starts staring at me. And like, what? I just like start staring at me while we're having sex in the single bed. And like, I just <laughs> look at him and while we're having sex, I look at his tattoo and he's got a tattoo of Stewie from Family Guy. That's the oh baby, right? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, bruv, you, the lizard and the tattoo, this and the bed, <laughs> this is... A, and you know when it's just like one of those... And you know when you... I don't know if you've ever had this where you're having sex and then you just like mentally remove yourself. Yes. Yeah, so and I'm like evaluating this situation and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, this you're guy like, is suddenly like, like, why am I here? This is so disjointed. <laughs> Who am I? And the lizard is... The lizard is the bit that got me. I was just like, <laughs> like, and it wasn't in its case or its glass tank what? situation. It was just yeah, there. no, that's what I'm trying to say. The mm. lizard just popped up. Oh my god! So it could actually like, I don't know, get right. on you. What, what just... would it do, Florence? What it would crawl up, up inside <laughs> you, crawl on you. What? what? <laughs> it was just. It wasn't. Tickle and that's you. the thing. It wasn't. And I'm glad you guys said weird because it wasn't a bad experience. It yeah. was just one of those moments where. Now this like is a weird. what the fuck. Mm. Now this is if I was into, I don't know, I don't know how he could have. How it could back, he say that? But it just in that moment, I was just like, oh, it's hard anyway. Like, like whenever, like if you're fucking and you, the, a dog looks at you or a cat or something, <laughs> and you're just like, whoa, man, this ain't right. There's something real off here. <laughs> fuck number five, the fuck that changed the game. Oh, my first girlfriend. My, hey, my first girlfriend. tell us more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of my best friends actually said it to me. It's funny because I was like, you know, I feel like I like re-lost a virginity, basically. Mm. And she was like, nothing hits like your first. And my first girlfriend, it's not that nothing hits like your first. I don't think that's true at all. But I do think that it's like an introduction into a whole new world. And I was like, wow, like, damn, this is this is what it's like. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and then since then, obviously that first relationship and meeting her opened me up to dating women. On top of mm-hmm. like all of the other things I've mentioned, I'm also from a country where being queer is illegal. So yeah. it wasn't really something I was trying to explore. I was just like, yeah. I'm not going to date girls. I'm sorry, I'm not going to date guys anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just left it at that. But then that's, and that's, you know, a lot of queer people talk about like the tourists. It's like, you just come, you stop off and you plan to leave. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, like, I wasn't trying to be a tourist, but I I, I chose to start dating women because I didn't want to date men, not because I wanted to date women. Mm. And then I met a girl and I fell completely in love, head over heels. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going back. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then that's when I started questioning my sexuality. Before mm. that, yeah. before I met her, I was open to dating women but still ticking straight on forms yeah it didn't even the idea that I could be queer did not even come into my brain it was just like Mm -hmm. you're probably just gonna date some girls until whenever and then we had a relationship and I was like oh my gosh but also the sex was mind-blowing um (laughs) because I I was having rubbish I was having rubbish sex or no sex before we got to a relationship yeah and I don't even now I couldn't say to you oh my gosh it was the best sex of my life but I can say that it was the first time that I had had sex with somebody who was open to being reciprocal in terms of like being giving and open and all of those kind of Mm -hmm. things Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. That's always a game changer. Yeah. It's actually crazy how we can have so many sexual experiences where things aren't equal. And then suddenly, as soon as like the pleasure and like the giving and the receiving is like both on both sides, you're like, oh my God, mind blown. This is the best sex that I've ever Mm. had in the whole wide world. Whereas really all sex should be like that. I used to think I didn't get horny. Like my friends didn't like... They just used to have a running joke like, oh, she don't get horny. Like, yeah. This is like, this is just, it is what it is. And like, it was a thing like, oh, now you've become a mum. Like, you're definitely going to have a sex drive. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't get horny. Actually, I did really want to ask and touch upon that subject. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, yeah. h- how has it been like dating, like being single and being a mum as well? I'm surprised at how easy it's been. The Like yeah. the headlines about single parents, especially single mums. And dating especially is so yeah. damaging and reductive mm-hmm. and, and really like judgy. So I yeah. thought that it would be a really hard path. It's not been. I think what I what the thing that I actually find difficult in dating is the fact that I'm a commitment phobe. So mm-hmm. me me being a single parent, it means that anybody who is open to a relationship with me must understand that my kid comes too. But yeah. then that means that they have to kind of open their mind up to a family life. Because I have a family. Yeah. Me and her, there's only two of us, but it's a family. There's family yeah. and we have a family house. My job is connected to my family as well. Yeah. So when I'm like, I don't want to get married, they're like, but, but you're someone's mum. What do you mean you don't want to get married? Or <laughs> they when can't I'm like, believe yeah, it. I don't understand. I don't want to have any more babies. Like, So I'm very anti having any more kids. And it's like... Uh... You don't want marriage and babies, but you have a baby. Mm, but then that's... Yeah. So, and and also they see me as a mum. And, and I can say that's the most beautiful part of me mm-hmm. is my motherhood. Yeah. And so to come so close to the most beautiful part of me and then not be able to have that again, I think it's something that people are like, I've seen you do the very thing that I want with you and you're saying oh. that you don't want that. Mm-hmm. And... And so it's complex in that sense because I'm like, I see dating and family life as quite separate. You have to be open to understanding my family life. Yeah. But I'm not saying I want to recreate another version of this with you. But you can slot into what we've got. And so I think I'm still working out how I feel about that. I don't want to ever have any more children, but obviously having relationships with women, there's there's usually a secondary womb, not always, mm-hmm. but usually. And if they want to have a kid. This is this is the problem. I've never had a man say to me since I've been single, I want to have a baby with you. Yeah. But women, every single woman that I've dated has either wanted to get married and have babies or just get married and obviously do family life together. Wow. Um, yeah. And so it's been really easy in that sense to meet people. But I think the thing is, I don't know, it's like, you know how single, this is going to sound weird, but you'll probably get it. You know how single dads are sexualized? Mm-hmm. And yeah, fully. Yes, they actually like, oh, are. Like, he's, he's, he's raising his son oh, and his daughter and yeah. he's such a good dad and oh my gosh, he's so sexy. Yeah, yeah. Blah, I mean, blah, we do blah, the I'd same, to have his baby. we do the same with MILFs, but particularly <clears throat> women. On yeah, the, but with MILFs it's like different. Parents, with, yeah. yeah, and with MILFs it's different because with MILFs the basis of their attraction is them being sexual beings. Yeah. Where like a, a single dad, it's their sexualized from the point of parenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's People like, oh see oh them God, with he's... their kids and they're like, oh Yeah, my they God, care so, so much. That's so Yeah, right. <laughs> that is not the narrative with MILFs yeah. at all. <laughs> it's a completely different <laughs> bit. Yeah, I used to call myself a millennial MILF and I still think I am. But at the same time, I started to understand that was like a sexual, like, it's completely different. But I find that 
with men, they, they see me as a MILF. With women, they see me as a single dad in terms of that yeah. whole, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, That's you're just so doing it all, you know, you're running your own business, you're looking after your baby. Yeah. For fuck's sake. So this week's sex question is, I've recently got out of my first relationship and I'm finding it hard to let go as it happened over COVID and I can still see potential. It's been like three months now and it ended for a few reasons, but mainly because of COVID and the fact that she wanted to be by herself to work on her mental health. It's hard to break up with someone who we both still love. We've checked in a few times, but it's only other small talk and surface stuff. And it hurts because even with friends, I like to talk about deep shit. It kind of feels like a betrayal, especially after seeing what she told me after our breakup. Basically, it started with her own mentality, not me. And now it's hard to watch her glow up and be comfortable in her sexuality. She came out and it didn't go well after our first date it's a good thing don't get me wrong but it just hurts that she couldn't do that with me makes me think that I wasn't wasn't enough I'm wondering if you have any tips to let go or what you do in my situation I am yeah I'm the worst for stuff like this because I'm very like that's okay you know that's okay it's okay that you feel like this is horrible it is horrible Mm. she broke your bloody heart but I Mm -hmm. always say to people with anybody that I'm talking to because I know that the way that I am poly, people can get hurt or I can get hurt or whatever. Um, yeah. Everything with everything is reasonable with justification. I think that we go through things and we get hurt or we hurt people. And, mm-hmm. you know, for example, if somebody ghosts you, that hurts. If they never give you a response, you could be mad at them for years. If they call you and say, I'm so sorry, I lost a loved one or I broke my arm and Mm. I was going through it and my mental health was poor and I didn't talk to you for six Mm -hmm. months, you probably start talking to them even if there was that big gap. So I feel like it's hard because as humans, when we feel detached from a place that we felt comfortable in or that was homely, there are a whole heap of emotions that go through Mm. that. And so it's like, you've seen her gone and glow up and she's come out, but she needed to do that. And she had the respect, decency and courtesy to explain that her mental health was not in a good space. So Mm. she wasn't going to be able to glow up. Like that glow up with that relationship would have never happened because her mental health wasn't in a good space and it wasn't personal and it feels personal because I understand that feeling of why couldn't you do that with me? But that's you projecting and centering yourself and it wasn't about you for her and that's what hurts that's the that's the real thing that hurts it wasn't about you for her it was about her and sometimes when and I've done this in the past as well when you have to make a decision between loving somebody else or loving yourself that bit more and as a result of loving yourself that bit more not being able to stay in that situation it just is mixed up and it's messy but I also Mm. think that regardless of the reasons that you guys separated, if you want your girl back, go get your girl back. I think the worst that can happen is nothing can change. The worst that can happen is that she's like, no, I'm doing my glow up and this relationship Mm -hmm. is not conducive to sound mental health. And you have to respect that. And if you truly love somebody, then you have to allow them to do that. And that doesn't mean that you don't go through it. It doesn't mean that you don't even still call and cuss her out if you need to to your friends like do what you got to do to get it off your chest (laughs) but respect the fact that this is where you're at and I think that if you can respect what it is and respect how you feel and how she feels as well then 
I'm not, I don't feel like I just, I just feel like I don't even give any advice, yeah, but those are my I, thoughts. <laughs> I feel like I relate to this situation so much. It feels very similar mm-hmm. to what happened to me this year, like falling in love, like during COVID and then feeling like a heartbreak. And I think as well, it's really easy for us to get really attached to people right now because every single person that we talk to is our support network. So it's not just the love and the attraction and the amazing sex that you have together. It's it's more than that, it's deeper, which then makes like losing them a really, really big deal. Um, but it's exactly what you said earlier, like the pain that you feel is projecting because that person is a mirror for whatever you are feeling. So mm-hmm. you need to look, I guess, back into yourself and figure yeah. out what's making you feel like not enough? Was there something like in your childhood? Is is there like, cause your heartbreak is your, it is your child self. So you've got to treat your pain like a child. So sit there with your child self, like in front of you and give them a hug, give them what they need. Like, and then also I, I, I believe, like, I think what you said as well, like if you want her, like see if that is a possibility to like grow again, but like yeah. maybe, maybe she needs space. Maybe she doesn't want a future with you, but it's always worth that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as well, like you said about like finding out why you feel like that it's also okay if you can't feel that if if you're learning how to be with you and and feel these things and I just think telling yourself the truth is the most important thing I have major issues when it comes to ending things I don't like ending things and I will let things linger and drag out I'm and, and I'm so bad that I could resent somebody because I didn't leave them and I know that about myself now that's unfortunate yeah. so I can't do that but still I have to acknowledge that that is a part of how I do things. And in order to not hurt people, I need to be aware of that. I'm not saying that I don't feel like uncomfortable when I have to now speak up in areas where I usually would prefer to remain silent. But I understand that the fallout, the bigger fallout is worse. And also, I think, you know, what you said about people being our support system. I totally agree with that. But I also... It's a bit controversial, but I also, I don't believe that you don't love people just because it's like day two. I think that part of the reason why it hurts so bad is because for me anyway, I fall in and out of love very quickly and I can stay in love for a long time and I can fall out of love. And you know, this is my thing. If you feel heartbreak just as bad as when you love somebody as when you're saying that you didn't because it was only two weeks, Mm -hmm. then where does that come from? Where does that pain come from? And and it's it's like kind of embarrassing to admit that like you can just catch feelings for somebody you didn't even know that quickly. But also we all take comfort in those love stories where they fell in love on like day two and then stayed together for 20 years. We believe them. So why can't we hold that yeah. same space for ourselves like we for have the heartbreak we are so fragile as humans and our emotions are so complex and in a yeah. time like covid we have become more loving as a as a, yeah. as a as a community as a society as a world we have become more that's, loving yeah, we've watched so people true. die on our phones and on our timelines we've had to have compassion for things that we've benefited from and been privileged by and overlooked Mm -hmm. before we've also watched world leaders move very mad and we've also watched footballers feed the youths them like we've become we've naturally (laughs) as a people just become so much more loving yeah we've also had to realize the significance of each other and the value that we should have placed in each other because actually now we can't just see our loved ones and some of our 
hardest times, the places that we've sought comfort and, and I guess stability have been from strangers on the internet and dating apps and memes Mm. and TikToks and and all of these different places where we can find people and we didn't need to know them. We didn't care about their age, race, creed, sexual identity, you know, none of those things. Half of the mums that I talk to think that they're like now on the queer spectrum because TikTok opened up something new and then <laughs> they went and had a conversation with somebody and then they learned something because they were yeah. looking on a hashtag somewhere. And yeah. so I think, no, we are just acknowledging our emotions more so because we've all been scared that the world's going to end or and mm. or we are going to lose time. someone or lose ourselves. Yeah. So I just yeah. think that like, your feelings are hurt because it's painful and you miss the girl and you yeah. want her back. And yeah. like, it's that simple. That's it. That's, you don't yeah. know if you're going to get your girl back. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish you the best, me. man. Good luck. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, do, I just think that's what it is. Yeah. And on that, it is time for us to fuck off. Thank you so much, Remy, for coming on. No it's problem. Been a I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Yeah, for it's me. been amazing. I'm going to really think about like audio erotica right now. Yeah, because it yes, sounds check so it out. good. Um, if you lot have any orders, just send them. I charge. Yeah, send over the orders. <laughs> um, oh, yes. And um, I've, I've buy all about love. Read that book. It is like. Okay. Life all about changing. love yeah that life changing amazing. by bell hooks just get it it's like it's life changing it's a small <laughs> book and like it takes time for you to read but yeah. it is like yeah one yeah yeah well i know you're repping other people but please tell our curious fuckers where they can find oh, you oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so if you want to find me i'm on instagram at remy Chardet. it's r-e-m for mother i um dot s-a-d-e and s is for sugar um mm-hmm. and then other than that i mean you can find me floating around places like <laughs> You'll see me somewhere, I'm sure. But Instagram <laughs> is like where I occasionally engage with like yeah. everybody. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Remember to give this podcast a subscription, a rating and a review. And if you have a sex story or sex question you want us to read out, please email them in at fksgivenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us at Come Curious on Instagram, YouTube, and our personal accounts, Read Amber X and Florence Bark, as well as we have our very own Patreon. So please, if you're not already, check that out. If you want to pledge, if you don't have the money, then that's cool. We totally understand. But we would love you to just have a little, have a little cheeky gander. <laughs> Amazing. You will hear us next week, everyone. Next week. Love you Bye. all. Bye.